Good morning, good morning, Only Believe family. It's good to be in the house of the Lord this morning. Amen. Yes. We want to welcome you if you're a first-time visitor here today. You're a guest. This is your first time in our house. Welcome to Only Believe. We're glad that you chose to celebrate with us today our Savior. Amen. We don't celebrate our Savior just at Christmas time. We celebrate him all year through. I want to remind you of two important things. One is 21 days of prayer. It is the culture of this church that we pray first. At 9.15, all of our Dream Team members are in this sanctuary praying. At 8.30, we got a prayer team walking through here praying over every seat in this house today that God would touch you and move. It says he sent his word and healed them, amen? We believe even as you sit in the seats today and listen to the word of God, that he's healing your spirits, he's healing your bodies, he's healing your minds from past hurts, and we're just excited about what God's gonna do today. But I invite you to pray with us. Starting January 7th, we have 21 days of prayer in this house. This is where we set our hearts towards Jesus for 21 solid consecutive days. I know, I know, 21 days is a long time, but I promise you, we will help you get through it. Together, we can do it, right? And if we all set our sights towards something, we can accomplish great things, amen? And last but not least, I want to invite you to come out to the Christmas Eve services. We have two experiences for you this year. Because Christmas Eve is on Sunday evening, uh, we're going to be having our 10 a.m. service that you can celebrate with us first. And then if you choose, you can come back or just come to the Christmas Eve candlelight service. That's the only thing different about these two services is that the, we're going to, in the evening, there will be the candlelight service. There'll be communion experiences in both of those services to remember our Lord and Savior. And of course, a word called see the Savior. And uh, we're excited about what God's going to do. But I ask you and I challenge you, there are two times of year that people's hearts in the world are open to Jesus. And that's Easter and Christmas. This is one of your best opportunities to invite someone to a Christmas Eve experience. I dare you to reach out, step outside of your front door, and maybe ask a neighbor that you really thought never wanted to hear the gospel, but statistics prove that seven out of 10 people, if invited to church, would say yes. So this season, invite somebody. Give them the greatest gift of all, an invitation to meet the Savior. Stand to your feet this morning. We're going to meet the Lord and worship our Savior today. Father, we just come before you today in this house. We lift up our hands that hang down. And Father, we say that we surrender our life to you today. Father, for we live a day today with you, acknowledging that you are our Savior and our King. God, we come with a grateful heart today, saying thank you. Thank you for all you've done for us, and thank you what you're about to do. And thank you for everything in the past that you have done. Father, we thank you that you've come to heal hearts today, that you've come to mend minds. God, that you've come to give the gift of salvation. Father, prepare the heart of every sinner, every backslidden Christian today. Father, we're going to give them an invite to know you as their Savior. Father, begin to work right now in this service on those hearts. Father, anyone that's fallen away from you, Father, even those of us that are living from you, Father, if there be anything in our hearts that is impure, any bad thought, any wrong deeds, Father, I ask that you challenge us today, Father. Draw us back to the cross. Draw us to repentance today, God, to be your holy people and to serve you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Let's worship.
heavy burden you've lifted with ease. We have gathered with great expectation, Lord, we All of the praises, Lord, they belong to you. Jesus, receive all the glory, take all the credit for what you're about to do. Every good thing, every good thing comes from you. For every season that showed us your sovereign, for every trial that taught us to trust, we are standing right here in your purpose as you stand with us oh you never cease to amaze us all of the praises lord they belong to you jesus receive all the glory take all the credit for what you're about to do every good thing every good
you never cease to amaze us all of the praises lord they belong to you jesus receive all the glory take all the credit for what you'll come on let's sing this out again you never cease you never cease to amaze us oh yes all of the praises Take all the credit for what you're about to do. Every good thing, every good thing comes from you. Every good thing, every good thing comes from you. Every good thing, every good thing. Every good thing comes from you.
want to give you the time to move, Lord. Yes, Jesus. Come on, all over this place. We're not in a rush this morning. We're not in an agenda. We don't have a time schedule. When the Spirit of God moves, we allow Him to do what only He can do, what only the presence can do. Welcome Him. Welcome Him. Spirit of the living God, we welcome you in this place. We welcome you in this place. Have your way today. Have your way today. It's all about you, Jesus. It's all about you, Jesus. It's all about you, Jesus. It's all about you, Lord. Yes, Jesus. Spirit of the living God, fall afresh and fall on us. In your presence we're undone. Come like a fire, come like a flood. Spirit of the living God, fall afresh and fall
and all the earth will shout your praise our hearts will cry these bones will sing chapter 11 that's the faith chapter where it talks about by faith Abraham by faith Moses but that's the beginning of the chapter when you read the end of the chapter it says how they didn't get what they were believing for but they're going to get a greater resurrection and I need to share one more thing that's really been laid on my heart for the example the Lord wants me to give an example Jesus is the only perfect person that's ever lived he's probably the only he's the only person that's never sinned he's probably the only person that prayed just as much as he was supposed to but when he was on that cross, an interesting thing happened. Just before he passed, just before he died, he turned to the Apostle John and he said, take care of my mother. The reason this is significant is because if you do the math, Jesus was about 33. His, his mom would have been about 50 years old. Joseph is never mentioned. 
Bible scholars are virtually certain that Joseph died in early age because when Jesus was at the temple and he was with the Sadducees and Pharisees, Joseph was never mentioned after that. You remember Mary and Joseph went back and got Jesus and Jesus said, I was about my father's business. Well, Joseph is never mentioned again. He's, he's never mentioned in Jesus' ministry. He's never mentioned to Jesus at the cross. He's never mentioned when Jesus is, is uh, right, rose from the dead, but Mary is at all these places. So if Joseph died in early death having a perfect son who was the son of God, then understand sometimes things happen in life we're just not going to understand, but that doesn't mean we did anything wrong. So the Lord wanted me to share that with you, that he is pleased with you. And just, just go on with what this church has been called to do. And we, ha we had Pastor Dosak till he was in his 70s. So we should just praise the Lord and be glad. That was a word of encouragement. I, I speak to you, church. Go ahead and give me some music behind me. I speak because there was Wednesday night, Pastor Randy's been speaking on expectancy. And I speak to you as a church to confirm the word of encouragement that came forth today because expectancy is something that we have in our Savior. It's faith being enacted, right? But sometimes we can get expectancy and expectation confused. And you and I take our expectancy that steps out in faith and we put an expectation on the way we expect things to happen. And here's what I'm here to tell you, that yes, we did expect things to turn out differently, but because they did, we're not broken. We're not down. We're not in the shallow grave digging ourselves out. But out of the ashes rises strength, strength. And I'm telling you, we shared in Dream Team meeting on Friday night or on Saturday that God is pleased with this church. He's pleased with the faith that went forward. He's not one bit shame. And I'm going to tell you that somehow in this bigger plan than you and I know, it's okay. It's okay. But our expectancy sits in a God that still heals, that still delivers, and that still saves. And our hope is not in what we receive but in who we believe, whom we have received. Amen. That's our expectancy, church. And we hang true. We hang true and we hold the line spiritually. Hallelujah. Go ahead. All the earth will shout your praise. Our hearts will cry. These bones will sing. So we 
it's hard to follow that. Great are you, Lord. He is so good. All the time. Thank you. Uh, I'm Ray Ray. I have the honor of talking to you about tithing offering this morning. If you need to tithe an offering envelope, there's one in the back of the pew in front of you or in front of the pew in back of you. I don't know which that should be. Um, grab an envelope and uh, get ready. Live streamers, grab an envelope. Well, no, push the button, donate. There are three ways to give. Are they up here? You can text, you can give in person, and you can give online. There they are, right there. So lots of ways to give. But, you know, uh, I've been praying this week about this message, this simple message. And um, I'm reminded, first of all, that worship never ends. Worship never ends. The worship team came out, did an amazing job like they always do, led us into the presence of the Lord, prepared our hearts, but it never ends. We worship with the actions we take every week. We worship with the words we say. We worship with our lives. And um, it's just amazing. Um, we're worshipers, right? We're, we're born to be worshipers. Hallelujah. All right, I want to talk to you about God's table. Not the Last Supper, not that. Uh, I was praying about this, and the Lord brought Psalm 23 to my mind, uh, Psalm of David, the really cool psalm that we all know, we can all recite. Um, psalm 23, 5 says, you prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. And I'll bring this back to tithe and offering, I promise, but uh, it won't take long. I've got another 10 minutes. <clears throat> no. Uh, he showed me this week that his table is always available to us every day, that his table is a place of his presence. And that when we get up in the morning, and if you had a picture of where I pray in the morning, it's a little um, love seat with a table in front of it. And he said, you meet me at the table, and you come to my table. And he says, uh, to remind you that um, we come there to fellowship with God, to build our relationship with him, to be nourished by him, his presence and his word, and to spend time with him. Uh, so it's sort of like we're back in the garden. I feel like it's, we're back in the garden. We're not walking around maybe with some of you, maybe walk around, but we're kind of back in the garden, and that's really cool, uh, communing with our Lord. And this is where we say, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. I'm sorry, I'm going to choke up a little bit. Um, I looked up want, and it, you know what it means? It means to be without. We shall not be without. Can you believe that? We shall not be without. And you can fill in the blank right after that. You can fill in any blank, anything you need, healing, peace, comfort, um, salvation, you know, fill in the blank. It's, it's so amazing. He is, he is our shepherd, and we shall not be without. That just amazed me. And as followers of Jesus, he reminded me that no day is ordinary. So, you know, I get up in the morning, I get ready, I go to work. But that's the ordinary stuff. But it's extraordinary that we are able to meet with the, the God of the book of Genesis who created everything. Everything is from him. Everything is to him. And we're able to meet with him and talk to him every day and lay our problems at his feet and get his comfort and his guidance. Um, so it's just another opportunity for us to worship, right? Just like on Sunday. Um, and there's a little troubling piece in this, and that is that Jesus himself in Luke 18.8 said, Nevertheless, will I find faith when, I, when, when the Son of Man cometh, will I find faith on earth? And I read that and it put a check in my spirit. And I was like, 
by golly, he'll find faith in this church only believe. He'll find faith here. He's going to find faith here. We're going to run our race to the end. So even though he said nevertheless, and he's the omnipotent, omniscient, omnipresent God, we're going to bring faith every day. Um, so will he find us faithful in what he asks us to do? Will he find us faithful that to take care of his bride and to prepare his bride and to take care of his house and to take care of his people? Will he find us faithful in making him the center of our lives? Will he find us faithful to do that? And this is um, what he, he gave me. Only when our faith is aligned with the will of our Heavenly Father will we be empowered to receive the blessings he wants to give us. So only when our faith is aligned with what he says, his commandments, his guidance, his spirit, only then will we be empowered to receive the blessings he wants to give us. And he wants to bless us beyond measure. We don't even know it. Um, Tithing and offering are a foundational part of our faith. They're foundational. They're a key piece. Um, this is how we demonstrate. We get to come here on Sunday, an extraordinary day. And I used to sleep in on Sundays. I went to St. Mattress, and Pastor Sheets preached. And then I met Randy and Nicole. Thank God, met Randy and Nicole. And they, they brought us to the Lord. And... So, uh, so tithing and offering are foundational, and when I first got saved, I'm running out of time. I know I'm over. I'm sorry. Uh, when I first got saved, Randy said, you have to tithe, and I said, tithe? What's that? But tithing and offering are foundational, and also, keep in mind, personal. He says in Malachi, I will rebuke the devourer for your sake, not for everybody's sake, your sake. And he also says he will open up the windows of heaven and pour out a blessing you, 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 all of you cannot contain. So let's demonstrate our faith today in the Lord. If you um, have your tithe ready, if you'd stand to your feet, I just want to pray. Father, thank you for the opportunity to meet with you every day, to, that you're part of our lives, that your spirit lives in us. Thank you, Father, for your guiding spirit that gives us wisdom and knowledge and just will lead us in all things that pertaining to life and godliness. Father, thank you for the gifts you've given us. If we've ever taken you for granted, forgive us, Father. We just love you so much, and we give you all the honor and the glory. I ask you to bless everyone that brings a tithe and an offering forward today. I know you will, and I receive by faith the fact that you're opening the windows of heaven. In Jesus' name, amen. Bring your tithe and offering forward to the Lord.
Well, without, I just want to talk to the church this morning just for a second before I introduce our speaker today. Um, for those of you that were here on Friday night for Dream Team, uh, I shared the reason uh, that we've been having some additional teaching is because we have done our best to honor pastor's yearly calendar that he okayed. And we're going to hold the line during that calendar. And so he knew who was going to be preaching and when they were going to be preaching. And he said yes to that calendar. So because he said yes, we say yes in return. Amen. So today, Brother Rick, come on up, Pastor Rick. He has been in Mexico City, City for four days preaching the gospel. And I understand that breakthrough anointing is happening because we've all been praying for you too. We know the, the mantle that you're carrying is, a, is strong to carry. And there's a lot of sons of the faith having to carry one mantle together. And I don't want to get you crying before you got to preach. But I know he takes it seriously. But this man's been running. And we tried to get him relieved, by the way, from preaching. I said, well, you know, he could take next week and I could take this week. And uh, Brother Eric said, no, it's good for him. So I'm here to tell you that we're here to watch you be stretched, and I know you've poured out your spirit and prayed for hundreds of people, but I'm asking you to pour it out one more time to your church. Amen. Amen. Let's yes, do it. Thank you. Hallelujah. 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 Boy, I tell you, nothing like family. <laughs> But, you know, I, I, I'm glad you said that uh, because I really do see this as family. And, and in family, you got different personalities, different characteristics. You know, some parts of your family are super, super hype and aggressive. And, and then there's some that are really, you know, mild. But, but we, we just learn to accept each other for who we are and the gifts that we have. And we're okay with that. So I'm okay with Brother Eric pushing <laughs> because sometimes I need to be pushed. So I just want to encourage you, you know, with Pastor Nicole saying that, you know, you really need to look at this as a family. Can we say amen to that? You know, this is a, a good family and a godly family. So, but that's not what here I'm, I'm, I'm here to preach on. But speaking of Brother Eric, you know. Uh, I, I, I would, yeah, there he is in the back. Hey, yeah, brother. Uh-huh. You know. See, I'm up here now. So I, I can say some things, you know. <laughs> but, you know, Pastor Nicole mentioned being in Mexico. And I want to talk about perception a little bit today. You know, we, we have this series, you know, See the Savior, you know. And, and while we were in Mexico, there was a lot of great things happening. But Brother Eric saw it one way, and I saw it another way. You know, I'm sitting up here going, man, is, is, is the breakthrough going to come? Is, you know, is it going to happen? And, 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 okay, yeah, that person can move their leg now, and they couldn't move it before, but they're not walking yet, you know. And Brother Eric's like, I don't know what else you want, Okay. People, vision are, are clearing up. Babies that couldn't sit up are now sitting up. Folks are getting out of wheelchairs, walking. He's like, if you can't be satisfied with this, he said, nothing's going to satisfy you. And I'm sitting there and I'm going, how is it that we're in the same location watching the same thing, but he sees it one way 
and I see it another. And so I started looking up the word perception, you know, the ability to see, hear, or become aware of something through the senses. You know, I was looking up other, you know, the normal limitations of human perceptions, a way of regarding, understanding, or interpreting something. But here's the issue with perception. There's a lot of choice in perception. You get to choose how you see something. And, it's, and we know this because two people can look at the very same thing and see it in a completely different way. So, I go to the Bible. We're talking about see the Savior. So I want to ask you a question today. What's your perception of Jesus Christ? How do you see him? Well, there's scripture in the Bible, uh, Isaiah 7, 14. I think this is the uh, King James Version. It says, therefore, the Lord himself will give you a sign. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son and shall call his name Emmanuel or God with us. Do you see Jesus as God with us? That's the question we have to ask ourselves today. You know, do you see in your darkest moments when, 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 when heaviness tries to come upon you, when disappointment comes into your life, as a believer, do you still know that God is with us? Or do we look at the situation as, you know, when I'm by myself, I got to try to figure this out. Why is this happening to me? This always happens to me. Life is terrible. Life is miserable. I try so hard. But the Bible says that God would send a son, and he would be called Emmanuel. God is with us. I, I, I just got a question. When you receive the worst news of your life, do you know? that God is with you. There's another scripture, Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6. <clears throat> Excuse me, it says, For to us a child is born to give us a son, uh, uh, or to us a son is given. The government shall be on his shoulders. His name shall be Wonderful Counselor. Do you see Jesus as a wonderful counselor. Because see, here's the question. It comes down to your perception. But again, the weakness in perception is there's a lot of choice. I can choose to see him as a wonderful counselor, a mighty God, an everlasting father, prince of peace, or I can see him as just someone that gets recognized a little bit during this time of the year. I can see him as, as you know, the, the, the image that's portrayed of him and, and really nothing more. So in this series of seeing the Savior, I just want to know, how do you see him? This scripture says that for to us, a child is born. So here's what I've come to understand. Jesus was sent for me. 
But now I'm convinced of that. Now I can tell you, Brother David, I can tell you that. But it's up to you to see him that way. Is he for you? When something is for you, you know, it's a benefit. If I walked up to Pastor Nicole and said, hey, here's a brand new Mercedes that I bought for you. Guess what? She's going to, she's already shouting, you know. <laughs> By faith, hallelujah, you know. If you can believe that I can do it, let God bless me that way and I'll do it. Man, that's on video, huh? <laughs> Archive. <laughs> but when something is given to you, it is for you, it is for your benefit. Speaking of Brother Eric, that just made me think. We, we were at the airport, and he said, man, you want something to eat? And I said, yeah. And, and, and I, there's a restaurant that I love, Papacitos. They don't have them around here. But whenever I can get to one, he says, well, come on, brother. I, I'll get you something to eat. This is for you. What do you want? I want Mexican food. And, and I'm going, with, when, when something is for me, it is for me, and I enjoy the benefits of it. Well, if I can get that happy about Mexican food, why can't I get that stirred up about Jesus Christ? I want you to know something today. You may be going through a lot of different things, and it may not feel good. It may not sound good. It may not be good. But I'm telling you this, Jesus is here for you. And so I need to change my perception. My per- see, when I read that definition about perception, the ability to see, hear, or become aware of something through the senses, I saw the flaw. Well, that's the problem. I'm looking at things based on what I think, how I feel, and what I see. And the Bible says this, that the just live by faith. We walk by faith, not by sight. So one of the problems that I I have is I start off wrong. I'm looking at it all wrong. My foundation is what I think, how I feel, what I see. But I'm going to show you something here in the Word that lets me know uh, that's not the way to start off. Let's go to Luke. Let's pick up the story of Jesus in the book of Luke. Luke chapter 2. And let's look at verses, let's start at verse 8, I guess. I guess I got to turn this way. My iPad won't straighten up. (laughs) There we go. That would have been kind of weird, somebody logging in for the first time, and I'm sitting there reading like this, you know. (laughs) What kind of church is that? (laughs) So this is Luke chapter 2. Let's start at verse 8. It says, and there were in the same country shepherds abiding in the field, keeping watch over the flock by night. And lo, the angel of the Lord came upon them, and the glory of the Lord shone round about them, and they were afraid. Verse 10, and the angel said unto them, now, you got to get this, the angel of the Lord, an angel from God is setting the stage. The Bible says, the angel says, fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. Now, when these shepherds saw him, I mean, this is an angel. 
So the, the, the expectation or the perception can be off because the perception is being led by what they see, what they think, and what they feel. So now they're seeing this angel, but the angel, I'm, I'm, I want you to know something. God will always set the tone. But it's up to you to follow. You got to understand, he will set the atmosphere, but you got to decide what you're going to believe today. So they see him and he says, calm down. You know, it's not what you think it is. How many situations have you looked at, got all wild up, stirred up, and come to find out it is not what you thought it was? So here, the angel says, I bring you good tidings of great joy. In other words, I got some great news for you. Now, at my appearance, you might have thought or you might have perceived it to be something else. But let me set the record straight. Oh, no, what I'm doing today, what I come to tell you today is great. And I want you to know something. There's some situations and circumstances that you got going on in your life that you're looking at and you're going, well, uh, what are we going to do? What are we, you know, and God is going, wait a minute. Calm down. The just live by faith. Wait a minute. Relax. You know, your faith will make you whole. Wait a minute. Relax. It's impossible to please me without faith. So this situation that may look like something horrible, if you step out in faith, it becomes a situation that you please me in. He says here, Tidings of great joy, good news, which shall be to all people. For unto you, for unto you, somebody say unto me. It's for me. It's my benefit. Or it's a blessing for me. Something great is coming, and I was just informed that it's a good thing, and it is for me. But see, that's your choice. That's up to you. We're talking about see the Savior. And the question is, how do you see him? Do you see him as something great? Do you see him as someone that's with you? Do you see him as someone that will never leave you nor forsake you? Or do you see him as a part-time lover? Do you see him as someone that, okay, when things are good, that means I'm here. And when things are bad, that means I'm not. Part, that's a, that was a song, part-time lover. Yep. I'm not getting cardo, but, you know, <laughs> but that, that was a song. My wife's shaking her head. You know, she's like, oh, here comes the ethnic part of them, you know. <laughs> here comes the hood part of them, you know. I'm not hood. They, Ray just did the offering. They called him Ray Ray, you know. We do that in the hood. I feel like Ray is my next door neighbor now, you know. Go, hey, Ray, Ray, what's up, man? Hey, you know. I'm, I'm sorry, my wife is going, get back. <laughs> Thank God for lovely, godly wives. Yes, ma'am, I will get back. Okay, so, great news for me. So here's what I understand today. Jesus is for all of us. He's for black people, white people, females. 
He's, he's for all of us. Guess what? He's even for fornicators, for the greedy, for the disrespectful, for the proud, for the broken, for the low self-esteem, for the lonely, for the divorced, for the addict, for the suicidal, for the failure, for the outcast. He's for all of us. So you know what? You know what, Jim, here's what I can't do. I can't sit out here and because of what I'm going through, feel like Jesus is not for me. The question is, how do you see him? Do you see him just for the people that look like they got everything going right? Because guess what? There's people in here today that feel that way. They feel like Jesus isn't for me. Do you know what I've done? Do you know the dark thoughts that I've had? But when I read the scripture, it says unto us. So here's what I know. He's for me. Even the ones that pretend like everything is going great in their lives, and it is not. Even for the ones, okay, I'm meddling now. Even for the ones that walk in here, and you would think their marriage is a 10, and it's really a negative one. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's, it's some of those up in here, too. Yeah, I know. You know, uh, uh, he is great news in every situation. Can we say amen to that? Or do you just look at Jesus as great in general? He's great news. He's great news in how I treat my wife. See, I believe that he is for me. So, Ray, Ray, even in those difficult... I just wanted to say that again. <laughs> even in those difficult situations... There's a moment when I have to determine how do I see him. And even when times get tough, I see him as great news, good tidings. I see him as for me. And I understand a little bit more than I have in the past that situation, we live in a fallen world. So sometimes bad things happen to good people. Sometimes things happen and, and Gerald, they're just unfair. It's, it's something that never should have happened. It wasn't God's plan or God's will because, see, the angel already set the stage. I'm bringing you good news. And it's for you. So the angel has already, God has already set the stage, but it's up to me to determine how I see it. Can I still see Jesus as great news when my children disappoint me? Can I still see Jesus as a blessing when I get mistreated and I've done nothing wrong? Well, I'm going to tell you something. These folks decided, hey, this is a great thing. Nothing else matters. And I'm going to focus on this great thing called Jesus Christ. Can we say amen to that? Amen. In verse 11 it says, For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. The angels knew he was good news. They knew who he was, what he was going to do. They kept in mind that, listen, no matter what happens, no matter what 
happens from this point forward, no matter what comes into your life, this is good news. This is what you need to stand on. This is what you need to speak from. This is what needs to guide and shape your perception. Can we say amen to that? They knew everything about him was good. Now, he hadn't even come in the form of a child just yet, but they knew. See, their perception wasn't based on the ability to see, hear, and, and form a decision based on senses. No, their perception was rooted and grounded and founded in what God had already said. And you and I have that same choice today. Is your perception going to be limited to what you think, how you feel, and how you see things? Or is your perception going to be found rooted and grounded in the Word of God? The Bible says in verse 12, And this shall be the sign unto you, you find... You shall find a babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. See, perception would say this to me. Human perception? Well, if he is great, and if he is God, if he's God in the flesh, why is he being born in a manger? Why is he coming in an animal trough? I mean, we're talking about Jesus. You know, and he, Bethlehem was kind of like the hood back then. You know, that wasn't like, you know, uh, uh, a rich, you know, pot, you know. Well, wait a minute, but he's the Savior, you know. And he's coming from the rough part of Brooklyn, you know, the west side of Chicago. I mean, you know, you know uh, uh, East L.A. Your perception if it's not rooted in the Word of God, it will cause you to see a great situation as something mediocre. See, he may not always come the way you think he should. And when he shows up, if you have a perception that's based on human limitation, you will miss the move of God. Can we say amen to that? See, someone may come up to you, and they may not look the best. <clears throat> One time when I worked for Chase, this man walked into a bank, and, and I'm sure this story will really resonate here. Uh, this was in Dayton, but this man walked into a bank. He had, you know, uh, overalls on. He was kind of dirty and scruffy, and, and, and there were other bankers in the bank, and when they saw him, they kind of like looked and then looked away because he didn't have a suit and tie and all that kind of stuff. And he was waiting for someone to help him. And, and these other bankers, they, they just kind of ignored him. And so I could see it from my office. So I get up and I didn't know what the guy wanted. You know, I just felt like, you know what, he deserves, you know, good customer service. So I get up and say, hey, sir, you know, how can I help you? You know, I'm, I'm Rick Burks, uh, you know, and, and, and what is it that you need today? Now, I only do a, 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 a specified thing in the bank, so I didn't know if the guy wanted a, a checking account or a debit card, which I, I, I handled none of those things. But I didn't like how he looked or what 
the flesh would have perceived, I didn't allow that to stop me from just being a Christian. So I walk up to this man, dirty, you know, overall, scruffy, you know, hair kind of, hands were kind of rough and dirty, and, but I shook his hand and I said, how can I help you today? He said, I, got a, he said, I own a farm and, you know, da-da-da-da, and I got about $250,000 that I'm trying to put someplace. Brother, you are in the right place today, and you are talking to the right man today. But see, other people walked past him because he didn't come the way that they thought. And I'm here to tell you this, oftentimes, Jesus is not going to come the way that you think he should. Because he's not limited by human perception. He's not limited by the senses of humanity. But here's the thing, we don't have to be that way either. Can we say amen to that? Why do you think Scripture says that you walk by faith and not by sight? So Scripture is already establishing that your perception needs to be led by the Word of God and not by you. We're going somewhere. Just, just, just be patient with me. See, when you know what he is, then you know what he is not. But see, if my perception of Jesus is limited based on what I think and how I feel, then guess what? I don't understand who he is, and so I don't recognize when it's him and when it's not him. I, I, I just don't, as a matter of fact, I get totally confused, and things that are not of Jesus, I call them, you know, as, as they were him. So I come into the church, and because you don't look like I think you should look or what I'm comfortable with, then I perceive you a certain way, and as if I can see your heart, as if the, the clothing determines what your heart is. So because I'm not adequately dressed or dressed the way that you think I should be dressed, you've already made a determination, a perception of my heart. And guess what? Now I've missed Jesus. Jesus is not boastful, arrogant, unforgiving. Did you know Jesus is not a gossiper? You, do you know that Jesus is going on the way home? Jesus doesn't appear in your car and go, did you see sister so-and-so today? My goodness. That skirt was just a little bit too short. Did you see how tight, you know, her top was? Did you see brother so-and-so? I mean, my goodness. You know, a bar of soap will go a long way. That's not how I see the Savior. Let's keep going. Verse 13. And suddenly there was an angel... With the angel, a great multitude of the heavenly hosts praising God, saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. See, the angels did not wait for Jesus to do anything. They already had a belief of who he is and what he would do. 
So my question is today, what is your, are you waiting for Jesus to do something? Or do you just determine into, in your heart, I'm just going to believe he's for me. I'm just going to believe the best is yet to come. I'm just going to believe that my marriage is going to be restored. I'm just going to believe that my children are going to come back to me. I'm just going to believe that we're going to get out of this poverty situation. I just believe I'm not going to be depressed all of my life. I just believe that, you know what, next time it'll be better. I just believe that I will get healed. I just believe that he is for me. I just believe he'll never leave me nor forsake me. See, the angels saw him as something to praise. The angels saw him as someone to glorify. When you walk in here, are you ready to praise him? Or are you waiting for Ashley and, 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 and Salah and, and everybody else to get you pumped up and stirred up? And then maybe you might praise him. See, and listen, I'm not, I'm not beating up on anybody. You may say, well, I came in and, and I had a rough day today. I understand that. Yeah, I, I get that, you know. But when are we going to determine in our hearts, you know what, Jesus is just good and he's good all the time. It's not some of the time. It's not when I get that, well, I got that bonus. Hallelujah, Jesus is good, you know. It may be the bonus doesn't come. It might be, uh, you know, um, we, we just want to announce to everyone today, there will be no Christmas bonuses this year. Is Jesus still good? These angels, they didn't wait. They thought he was worthy. Even though the fullness of who he was had not manifested yet, they still thought he was worthy to be praised. They didn't let anything hold his, their praise back. They didn't go, well, we'll wait and see. Brother David, do I pray, and as I'm praying for God to move Jesus to do something, do I hold back my praise because I want to wait and see? Do I hold back my joy? Do I hold back my kindness to you, my love for you, my peace to you? Am I only peaceful to Ray Ray? Just wanted to say that again. Am I only peaceful to Ray Ray when things are going well for me? In other words, does my peace and love for you only come after Jesus has done something? But hasn't he done enough already? I mean, what more do you want him to do for you? He already said, what keeps you away from God, I'm going to take it off of you. And what makes me so close to God, I'm going to exchange it and give it to you. Do you see him as that? Do you see him as the one that says, I'm going to take away your sins? If you believe me, I'm going to break the power that sin has over your life. Do you see him that way? Or are you still waiting to be impressed by him? What more did he, does he have to do? You were in a fallen state. You were on your way to hell. Yeah, but I don't have the car that I want. Well, neither do I. <laughs> Lord, you're going to have to move because I got to get Pastor Nicola Mercedes. <laughs> They didn't hold back their praise. 
Is it because your situation doesn't look like much? Is it because when you come to church or when you got saved, uh, it didn't really impress you? You came up here, they did an altar call, you got prayed for, you received this Jesus that everybody talks about. But when you went back home, everything still looked the same. So now your perception is, I'm not impressed. You need to get a revelation that when Jesus is here, everything you need is here. And now that he lives on the inside of me, and the Bible says Jesus will say things like this, if you've seen the Father, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. The Father and I are one. And then I accept him into my life. So now I got this relationship with God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, because Jesus also says this, now I'm leaving, but you want me to leave, because when I go, then the comforter will come. And he will teach you all things. Do I see the Savior as the one that brought the teacher, the right teacher into my life? You know, nowadays it's real popular influencers. Have you, have you heard that word before? You know, these influencers on social media, they, they have a million, 10 million people that like them, that watch them, and, and, and the world calls them influencers. Well, I'm here to tell you for the body of Christ, there's only one influencer, and that's the Holy Ghost. Can we say amen to that? So that's the one I need to be tuning into. That's the one I need to be watching. That's my influencer because Jesus said he will teach you all things. Well, I, I, I don't know how to figure this out. Then you need to go to your teacher. Well, I don't know what to do. Then I need to ask you, have you uh, consulted with your teacher lately? And a matter of fact, who is your teacher? Because if it's that popular guy or girl on TikTok, then I don't know what to tell you. Well, are you against? No, I'm not against anybody. I, I, I don't know what the, you know, I, I don't know about a whole lot of stuff. But I do know this. The Bible says that the Holy Ghost, he would comfort me. He would teach me. So anything that I'm looking for has to be rooted and grounded in the Holy Spirit. Can we say amen to that? Let's keep going. Verse 14, glory to God in the highest and on earth Peace, goodwill toward men. In other words, to whom God is pleased. They saw him as peace and blessing. So if you call on him, trust in him. These things belong to you. And if they haven't manifested yet, stand. Stand. Don't give up. Pastor Nicole said, I, 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 she didn't want me to cry. I was, I was telling her about the, the, this baby that we prayed for in Mexico, and the baby was three years old, and the woman said, the mother said that, you know, she's never set up. She had cerebral palsy, and she had never set up, and I mean, the baby was just like a noodle, you know what I mean, and eyes going everywhere, and so uh, uh, I'm in the name of Jesus, God, you know, and I'm praying, and that baby is still, you know, and I'm like, that's okay, in the name of Jesus, God, that baby is still, and I mean, after four or five times, that baby is still, and in that moment, 
And thank God for Brother Eric, boy. That brother coached me through a lot. <laughs> but, but in that moment, I had to make a decision. What would my perception be based on? Would it be based on what I was seeing in that moment? Or would it be based on what the Word of God has already told me? So I did a real bold thing. I said, you sit that baby down, and when she's able to sit up on her own, you call me. I'm going to go over here and pray for some more people, you know. <laughs> so I don't know if that was bold or my way of escape, I, I, you know, but I was just, Lord, speak to me, you know. So I went praying, and it took Brother Eric to really point it out to me. He said, do you realize that everybody you prayed for got healed? I didn't, Brother David, I didn't see it because I'm still thinking about that baby. And I'm telling you in life, life is a lot like that sometimes. I, you can get hung up on one situation that God has already told you, I'm going to fix that. And as you go on with life, he's blessing you in all these other situations, but you can't see him because you're still focused on that other situation. That's why it's good to not forsake the fellowship. Because I needed somebody else to say, this is going good. Keep going, you know. Because I wanted to be like, ah, I'm going home, you know. <laughs> you know. That's how I felt. But there's this guy standing behind me, Pastor Rick, this is good. Keep going. And then, I don't know, about 40 minutes later, Pastor Ricardo, Pastor Ricardo. I'm like, oh, that's me. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and we walk over. And this three-year-old baby girl is sitting up in a chair. How do you see him? How do you see him? This mother is crying. She's going, she's never done this before. And then two days later, the mother comes walking in, and she's carrying the baby. And I'm like, hey, how you doing? She's like, I've never been able to do this before. I've never been able to carry my daughter just with one hand. She said, I, I always have to carry her this way because she can't balance herself, because she can't sit up. But the mother's going, look, look, you know. How? I don't know if she had that, you know, that. <laughs> That might have been me a little bit, you know. <laughs> but how do you see him? See, these angels saw him as someone who was a blessing, even though the full manifestation hadn't happened yet. I'm telling you as a believer, do you see your life as a blessing, even though certain things haven't manifested yet? Amen. But that's up to you. And I'm just going to be honest with you. That may be determining if it happens or not. Well, if God wanted it to happen, it would have happened. No, you, you got something called faith that you got to exercise and use. Let me wrap this up. Let me keep going. Uh, verse 15. And it came to pass as the angels were gone away from them in heaven, the shepherds said one to another, let us now go even unto Bethlehem. Go to the hood and see the things which 
is to come to pass which the Lord have made known unto us. Look at their perception. God has already said what this is going to be. So you know what? Let's just go see it. Let's go experience it. Let's go be a part of it. They didn't wait and say, well, you know what? Uh, let's kind of wait and see what happens first. No, God had already established it. And they said, based on that, we're going. I'm telling you right now, some of you need to say, you need to get a word from the Lord. You need to look in the word, find you a scripture, and say, based on that, we're going forward. Based on that, this is what's going to come out of my mouth. Based on, I'm healed, I'm blessed. God, thank you. You said by your stripes, I'm healed. So God, I'm just going to start speaking that from now on. You said I'm the head and not the tail. Let me act like it. Let me, I, I know I can't afford anything in this store, but I'm going to go and I'm going to make me a shopping list. We need this. We need that. We need, oh, you can't afford that. Shut up. Can I say shut up from the pulpit? Oh, be quiet. <laughs> Stop. <laughs> I should have asked that. Right? <laughs> the shepherds didn't say, well, I don't think. They didn't say that. Well, to me, well, based on, in my opinion, from what I can ascertain, you know, they didn't say anything like that. They said the Lord had already spoke. And I want you to know something today. God has already spoken. I don't care what your situation is. I don't care how desperate, how bad, how rocky, how tough. God has already spoken. But you got to choose to grab a hold of it. Yeah, but, but, but last time, listen, when God, when you're believing in God, your present can become your past. How many people right now, you just need your present to be your past? You got some depression, some stuff that you're dealing with, and you need that to get behind you. We'll get you a word from God. Get you a, well, 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 can Pastor Nicole pray for me? Yes, she can pray for you. But what about when you at home by yourself? You ain't going to be calling her at midnight. Randy going to answer that phone and be like, uh, can I help you? <laughs> Why are you calling my wife at, you know? You need to get a word. Somebody say, get a word. When they had been told, when the shepherds had been told what this situation was, they said, let's see this wonderful thing. This sounds like a small thing, but we should always be impressed with Jesus and always pursuing him instead of letting things take us away from him. You know, it's so easy how the church just gets detached today. And this is why some people fall away from the church. This is why some people stop coming, because we don't stay impressed with him. We don't get focused on him and him alone. Can we say amen to that? The angels and the shepherd were not moving by senses. They moved and responded to Jesus by the direction of God. There's a scripture in the Bible, Luke 14. 1426, 
It says, if any man come to me, this is Jesus speaking, and hate not his father and mother and wife and children and brethren and sisters, yea, and his own life also, he cannot. Does that say cannot to you? Am I reading that right? It says he cannot be my disciple. If any man come to me and hate not his father, his mother, his wife, children, what does that mean? Brother David, does that mean I got to hate you? You know, I was already kind of struggling with you anyway, you know. So, you know what? This is just easy. Last time we went hunting together, you killed way more deer than I did. So I kind of have some feelings about you anyway. That is not what it means. You say, well, what does it mean? Jim, I'm glad you asked that. You had that. Explain it to me. It's saying by comparison. When you compare my love to Jesus to my love for any and everything else. I love him so much that by comparison, you would think I hated everybody else. That's what that means. And the Bible is saying this, if you don't have that understanding, you can't be his disciple. So I have to love God, I have to love Jesus so much that my love for you doesn't even compare. I love you, but oh, whew. My love for him. Oh, my love for him. So when he tells me to do something, oh, I just love him so much, I'll do it, even if it doesn't make sense. Even if it doesn't look like that's the answer, even if that doesn't look like that's going to bring about the resolution, I love him so much that when he say, go put some money in Ray Ray's pocket, I'm just going to use that the rest of this service. You, you got to know that, right? <laughs> I'll do it. Yeah, but you, I barely have money to take care of myself. I love him so much. He's that good tidings. He's that good news. He was what the angels were singing and rejoicing about. He hadn't even come forth yet in the form of a, a child, but they were singing and praising. Shepherds were going to see this great event. They knew this, oh, this is what we've been waiting for. I need to know if anybody in here looks at Jesus like, this is what I've been waiting for. Because if you do, you can take that into any situation, any problem. Go, oh, we got Jesus in it now. I don't, know if you, I don't know if you ever got picked on as a kid or whatever, and you had some big brothers and sisters. Boy, let me go get my brothers. You know, let me, go, let me go get my big brother. My goodness, can you imagine Gordon being your big brother? I'd go start fights. <laughs> i just, uh-uh. oh, you want to fight? Hold on, wait a minute, Gordon? You know? <clears throat> if we can be that way in natural things, how much more can I just invite Jesus Christ into every situation that I have? Remember, he is for us, unto us. So guess what? He came for that reason. You were never meant to handle situations on your own. He didn't create you for that. He created you with a consistent dependency on him. But do you see him that way? All right, real quick, let's bring this to a close. You know, preachers, you know, we have two or three closes, so. Let's skip down to verse 17. Verse 17, and when they saw it, 
they made known about the saying which was told them concerning the child. So in other words, they boasted about the experience with Jesus. Do you realize they never talked about their encounter with Mary and Joseph? They never said things like, well, you know what? Joseph didn't really act like how I thought he would, you know. He, he wasn't really dressed the way. I, and did you hear what Mary said? Mary said some stuff that like, oh, I don't know if I agree with all of that. That's what church people do. They kept their focus on one thing, Jesus. Oh, I just wonder if I would keep my focus on Jesus. And if I talked more about him, then maybe I'd be talking less about you. come to church. I don't like the music. I don't like the dress code. Really? You're going to let things that don't determine salvation or not. How do you see the Savior? Does he impress you enough, enough to look past your preferences? When I first started coming here, I would bring people with me all the time, bring people all the time. And the one thing they would say, that was a good word. And yeah, they could sing, but I never heard that song before. And that music, it didn't have enough, you know, you know, dun, 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 you know. But I said, but you know what? I'm so impressed with Jesus. I don't mind being out of my comfort zone. I don't, I don't mind experiencing something that's different for me. Not that it's bad. It's just different. It's just not what I'm used to. And my question is today, do you see the Savior as one that you love and you're in fellowship with, relationship with, like those shepherds? Do you see them like the angels saw him, that you're so impressed with him that nothing else matters? The shepherds weren't going, I can't believe it. I just stepped in. Is that, is that sheep poop? <laughs> they were not concerned about any of that. They were concerned about one thing, the Savior, Jesus Christ. Now, I'm not saying that we look past sin. So I just want to clarify that. No. But we do look past preferences. Well, you know, Brother David just does things a little differently than I do. That doesn't, mean he's, that doesn't mean he's a terrible person. He just does something different. That's it. In verse 18 it says, And they, all they that heard it wondered at those things which were told them by the shepherds. They were all astonished. This is what people need to hear from us. They need to hear us talk about Jesus. They need to see the relationship, the joy, the excitement, how impressed we are with him that they become astonished and amazed. See, when Fox News dominates my conversation more than Jesus, as a Christian, something's wrong. Are you saying I shouldn't watch Fox News? I never said that. I'm saying that when that dominates my conversation more than Jesus, or whatever it is, I just said Fox, you can pick whatever you want to pick. But when that dominates my conversation more than Jesus, Gerald, if it even comes close, as a believer, something's wrong. Yeah. 
When I walk into the store, they should be like, there's that Jesus freak. You know, there's that. He, all he talk about is Jesus. Yeah, because guess what? When you are in need of a miracle, when you are in need of a breakthrough, when you need a touch from the Lord, guess who you going to come looking for? Yeah. There he is, you know. Will you pray for me? That's how people should see us. These people were astonished by what the shepherds said. And then as we, uh, at the end of it, you know, uh, Mary, the Bible says how Mary kept these things and pondered on them in her heart. What did she keep? She kept what was said and established by God. She didn't look at the fact, why did we have to be in a manger? If this is the son of God, why couldn't things be better? She didn't go down that rabbit hole. She said, you know what? God bless me to allow the Savior of the world to come from my womb. And you know what? That's enough for me. I'm telling you today, each and every one of you has something that God has blessed you with. And when this happens, and this is the last verse, verse 20. It says, and the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things that they had seen or heard and seen as it was told unto them. Now, here's the incredible part. Because they took their lead from God, allowed God to establish the foundation, now their senses are under the leadership of God and his Holy Spirit because what God said was the foundation, and that's what led them. Now that their, their, their senses are, are, or now that they trusted God and his word and what he said, now their senses line up with what he says and what he sees and what he's establishing. See, when I do it in that order, when I lead with God, then even how I see things will change. See, when I lead with God, I can have no money and go, uh, this ain't a problem. Let me go take a seat. I got $2, and I'm going to take this $2, and I'm going to sow it. And when I sow this $2, it's going to be enough to take care of everything I need, and there's going to be extra left over. But see, I won't get that perception when I'm led by emotions, thoughts, and feelings, and what somebody else says. But when I lead with the Word of God, guess what? Nothing is impossible. Even things I don't understand. Well, why didn't it work out this way? I don't know, but I know that I am blessed. I know that God is here, and all things work together for the good to those who love them and are called according to his purpose. Can we say amen to that? So, how do you see him? I just want to encourage you. Remove the limitations. Go beyond your feelings. Understand that as a human, as a human being, there are limitations. But in the spirit, if you are born again and you have him as your Lord and Savior, let me tell you something. There's no limitation that is too strong for you. That limitation requires that you tap into the spirit. So you can go beyond it. So you can get, begin to speak those things that are not as though they were. You can begin to walk by faith and not by sight. But it starts with how you see the Savior. 
Let's pray. God, I thank you for what you're doing in this series. God, I thank you. I thank you for this series. I thank you for, the, for the, all that's going to come out of it. And it's going to teach us, God, to really focus on Jesus even in the hardest of times, even in the most difficult of moments, God. I thank you that there's a revelation that the Savior is who I focus on. I don't get caught up in worldly stuff and bad news here, bad news there. I keep my focus on Jesus and Jesus Christ alone, and he satisfied all of my needs. God, I thank you. I just speak blessing over this congregation. I thank you right now that breakthrough is happening. I thank you right now that people are determining, that people are determining if they're how they're going to see things. They're deciding today, you know what? I'm going to look to Jesus. Now I decree and I declare that. Then there's some people today that maybe you don't have that relationship with Jesus. You've heard about him, but maybe you've never given your life to him. Maybe you've never said, you know what? I'm just going to live for you now. My life belongs to you. Or maybe you once were there but because of situations and circumstances, you know, the fire's kind of dwindled. So with every head bow, uh, if that's you, if that's you that says, you know what, I need to rededicate to him. I, 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 need, to do, I need to get closer to him. Or I just really need to make him Lord of my life. If that's you, would you raise your hand? Would you be so bold as to raise your hand? I see two hands, three. Okay, I see a couple hands. Well, here's what we're going to do today. I'm going to ask you to meet us down here in front. Oh, I, 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 do I have to do all that? Listen, there's nothing to be embarrassed about. This is the greatest moment Amen. of your life right here, right now. So I want to ask those folks to meet me down here quickly. Quickly. Those that raise their hands. Come, come on down here. It's okay. It's okay. Come on. I'll wait on you. Hallelujah. 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 Yeah, we got folks coming. This is worth waiting for. Somebody waited on you. Hallelujah. 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 Pastor, you want to lead them? Or do you want me to do it? How I'd you? love to. It'd be yeah. my honor. Yes. yes. It'd be my honor. Come on. Get up here, all of you. Now you're just going to repeat Jesus. Jesus. Say, Dear Heavenly Father, Dear Heavenly Father, we come before you today. We come before you today. We ask you to forgive us of our sins. Of our sins. We believe in you that you died and you rose again. Just for me. Just for me. We see you. And you see us. 
Devil, we don't live for you no more. We live for the Savior. We turn our ways and our lives over to him. In Jesus' name. Amen and amen. I remember you guys. Yeah. Hallelujah. Oh, come on, let's, let's give him praise right now. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So, Wednesday night, Bible study, next Sunday service. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Let me pray a blessing over you as we dismiss, and then there'll be some altar team members up here in the front to pray for you. Oh, yes. Okay. I'm sure. Let's do it. All right. Man, that's all right, brother. So we have a special event today. We got a couple that became members of our church last week. And you got a question on your mind? Yeah. I got an actually big question. Tisha, I know we've been through a lot, you know what I mean? We've been through hard times, we've been through great times. But I'm here to ask you today if you'd marry me. What do you say, Tisha? <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> it's a yes. Church, it's been an eventful day. We're thankful that you're with us. We will see you Wednesday night at 7 p.m. as we continue a series. And we love you all. Be well, be safe. Look for someone to share the gospel with because how you see them determines how they will. Love you.